Okay. So, this is episode three of the Legendary Pants Book Club. That's three episodes. Wow, three whole episodes. Three episodes. We're on a roll. Yeah. Call me butter. (laughs) And, guess what? What? We got a comment. No. Yep, our first comment (gasps) about the show. Oh my gosh. Really? What? Yeah. What? Do you want me to read? What does it say? Okay, hold on. Quick. No. Okay. Do you know you know what it says? Yeah. The author is Shameless Shoelaces. Okay. Great name. Wow, fantastic. Thank you, Shameless Shoelaces, so much for commenting on our first podcast. First comment. Are okay, you ready? the okay. first comment. Here it is. Quote Shameless Shoelaces. I didn't listen to this, but a friend of mine promised it was Uber boring. Nice. That's awesome. That's good feedback. It is. It is good feedback. And we're going to take that to heart. But you know what's better? Shameless shoelaces. You just punched me in the flu shot. (laughs) Did I? I I forgot you had a flu shot. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway. Sorry. The contest. Yes. Shameless shoelaces wins the contest. Shameless shoelaces? Laces. Or shameless shoelace? Shameless shoelaces. That's hard to say multiple times. However, he wins the contest. Is it a he or she? I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly don't know. So it could be he or she. Okay. So he or she wins the contest. Shim wins the contest. Shim wins the contest. And do you remember what the contest was? I don't. <laughs> okay. The contest was for whoever sent our first comment or first feedback, we would give them a legendary pants coffee mug. Nice. Yes. So. Shameless shoelace. If you're shoelaces, it's plural. Shameless shoelaces. If you're listening to this, send us an email at, or if your friend's listening to this, uh, send us an email at bookclub at legendarypants.net. And, uh, you know, either send it from the email you used on, on WordPress or, uh, just type in your IP address just so we can know it's you. And, uh, give us an address and we will send you a legendary pants coffee mug. One of a kind. Well, it only because it'll be the first one we make. The first, first one of a kind. First one of a kind. It'll be one of a kind until we, till we make and another one. And what's that email again? That is bookclub at legendarypants.net. Okay. All right. So, yeah, congratulations, nice. shoelaces. All right, now, I picked the beer tonight. Do we want to introduce ourselves? Oh, yeah, we should do that. Okay. Well, I say it was Legendary Pants Book Club, but okay. I'm Matthew. And I'm Mariah. And, again... This is Legendary Pants Book Club. All right. Anything else? No, well, the beer. I want to talk about the beer. Right. I picked the beer. But what about our contact information? That comes at the end. Okay. Yeah. We're still working on this. Oh, sponsors. Our sponsors. That's right. Because we are, in fact, the only podcast not brought to you by Audible. Not by Audible. Not by Audible. Um, so, yeah. If you go to audible.com and buy something, we don't get any money for it. <laughs> All right. So I picked this beer tonight. Uh, the Jacko Traveler Pumpkin Shandy. Um, we're doing James Bond tonight, so I figured Traveler made some sense. I didn't. Didn't. You didn't. Didn't get no, that. I think you were really. I was reaching. It was yeah, a breach right. with this one. All right, Jacko Traveler is an alluring beer illuminated by the tastes of fall. He strikes a perfect balance between bright refreshment and seasonal spice. Jack is made with fresh pumpkin for a delicious, dark-hued, shandy-inspired beer, representing the darker side of shandy. And I don't mean your sister. Yes, my sister's name is Shandy. And she was named after a beer. Ooh. Did you want to... Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got a nice, it's got a nice spice to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice after-dinner beer. 
Yeah, definitely. That's that's Yeah, you can't eat you can't drink with your hot dog or your pizza. No, no, no. But it's a good it's good like it's a dessert beer. Yeah. So Okay. So this week we read Live and Let Die, which is the second James Bond book by Ian Fleming. Yes. Do you want to read the summary? Sure. It's that paragraph at the bottom. Okay. I won't do this with an accent, though. No, are you that's sure? Because okay. you did, you did yeah, really well. Yeah, I know, I did. Time. Yeah, okay. I was really I'm good sure, last I'm time. Sure we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll pull through. Um, <laughs> James Bond is not a superstitious man, but it's hard not to feel unnerved in the presence of Mr. Big, a ruthless Harlem gangster who uses voodoo to control his criminal empire. He's also one of Smirsch's top American operatives. Mr. Big has been smuggling British pirate treasure to New York from a remote Jamaican island and funneling the proceeds to Moscow. With help from Solitaire, Mr. Big's beautiful and enigmatic Creole fortune teller, and his old friend Felix Lighter, Lighter, sorry, 007 must locate the crime lord's hideout, sabotage his operation, and reclaim the pirate hoard for England. From the jazz joints of Harlem to the shark-infested waters of the Florida Everglades, Live and Let Die sends Bond headlong into the exotic. Very nice. Yeah, so that that description came from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the publisher's description. And this is, as I said, the second James Bond book. We actually read the first one, which was Casino Royale, yes. months ago. Months. Um, oh, wow. Audible pushed a project to... Have all of the original James Bond books read by semi famous British people. Yes. Um, who read this one? Geez, I already forget. Okay. I will find out. However, the first one was read. Do you remember? The first one. I know was... the characters. Now. I don't remember is the actor. Yeah, name. the first one was read by the actor who played Matthew in Downton Abbey. Ian, no. Ian Fleming be the author. Dan Stevens is that guy. Dan Stevens is Matthew who from read Downton Casino Abbey. Royale. Right. Okay. Uh, and then the man who read Live and Let Die was Rory Kinnear. Okay. Whom we looked up and didn't recognize. I actually saw him in a movie later. Okay. I don't remember what movie it was, but I was like, oh, hey, it's that guy, because we looked up the picture. We watched Star Wars. What else? I, I don't what think... Were you... Oh, you know, it might, he might have been one of the guys in Star Wars. Really? I think, yeah. He may, or he may just no. look like him. And you I'm always, I'm, yeah, yeah, you're I'm really bad, bad about I will, that. I will, I will look that up. I will check on that. Because <laughs> I'm really bad. Yes, we, we are, we are day two recovering from our Star Wars marathon because we're very excited about the new movie. Yes. Um, that's a long, that's a long marathon. That was a long, that was a long day. <laughs> Ooh, we're getting, we're getting too old for that. All right, so, live and let die. Okay. Um, first of all, this book was published in 54. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. How can you tell? How can I tell? Yeah, how did you? How could you tell it was written in the fifties? Well, like, for me, the biggest indicator was the the racial, yeah, stuff. Yes. Um, now it wasn't. I mean, in Ian Fleming's defense, it actually wasn't that bad, but they were using the word Negro and Negress, and, right? Which you know, I, when I read of... that, I was or heard that, I was like, huh? Are we? Is that? Is that what we're allowed to say? Yeah, I mean, back I in mean, the 50s? You're not, really, you're not supposed was that to call the, someone. Was that the British, like, version of that word that you're not supposed to say that's rude? No, Americans said it, too. Oh, well. Yeah. That, that I will say, that made me uncomfortable. When, yeah, and it was pretty much the when entire first, book. Yeah, when it first came up, I was like, no. <laughs> they didn't just... 
This is going to be the whole book? Yeah, the so. whole book. Yeah, the whole book. Um, although, I will say that 007 and M have this whole talk about how they're, you know, I don't know if Ian Fleming felt obligated because he was basically calling everyone a Negro the entire time, but he did have, like, a whole exposition on, you know, black people are just as good as white people. They just had a rough time. Well, I kind of found it funny how it was a sign that the black community was finally um, progressing enough or expanding enough or getting smarter because they had a mastermind criminal. Like, that was, once you get a mastermind criminal in your race, like, you've, you've done it. You've made it you've in you've the world. You've made it in yes, the world. Yes. So Mr. Big You're, has single-handedly brought the black community to civilization because he's yeah, a criminal. because he was a mastermind criminal. That's right, yeah. yeah. And that's that's an interesting observation. I guess. Although kind of racist. Yeah. But, I mean, eh, it was the 50s. It was. Um, but aside from that... Those some of those word choices. I thought the the story was okay. Now going back to race, then solitaire wasn't black though. She was. She half was she and half, 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 I think. Okay, yeah. Because she Cause was you a talked French... about her lighter skin. Yeah, because she I had think her jet mom black was hair. French and her dad was Creole or something like right. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean Bond thought he was she was the hottest thing he'd ever seen in his life, so. Yeah, and I have. That's one of the things I've, since this is the second book I've read of James Bond, um, and I've seen, you know, I've seen the new movies, of course, and a couple of older movies. But I just find, or at least I find, the persona that that has been displayed for James Bond as this stunning and um, skillful spy who's. Um, a womanizer. He's a womanizer, really. The womanizer thing. And, and he's not. He's like a hopeless romantic. He falls in love very quickly. Out of both books, he's so far done it twice. Yes. So, yeah, that's 100%. Because from the first book, I thought he would be very butthurt. Because he was like he was really upset at the end of that book. Yeah. I think yeah. her name was Vera. Vespa. 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 Yeah. yeah, he was. Boy, was he. I'm surprised he didn't kill her. Um, he did kill her. Did he kill her? Yeah, because the last line of the book is, the bitch is dead. But I don't know, he killed her. Oh. I'm pretty sure he killed her. I don't think he killed her. Well, that's, we're, she died. we're ruining the wrong book. Yeah, we are. But that's okay. Um, so he just, almost like a teenager, just very, uh, love at first sight, she's gorgeous, he just immediately falls for her completely, and it's a complete romance, and... Like, they barely even talk to each other, and all of a sudden, you know, they're making out in the train. Right. <laughs> yeah. So not the womanizer that you would expect, like, a complete hopeless, like, he just falls head over heels. And he did, too. like Very quickly. Yeah, without any any hesitation. I mean, he falls in love with Solitaire in, what, a chapter? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. And the whole book only took place over, what, like, a week or two? I think so. So that's, that's a pretty fast romantic arc there. Yeah. But, you know, that typical damsel in distress right. situation is right. set up quickly for us so he can rescue her. And... Right. Well, I mean, he's got to rescue himself first because... Oh, gosh. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed in this book, James Bond is a terrible spy. Yeah, he's pretty bad. He's horrible. He has this whole... He comes to America, he's like, you're going to be so-and-so, here's some money, go get your disguise. That night... 
disguise is done. He didn't come in with a disguise. He was supposed to be. No, he went through customs and they knew who he was right away. They knew he was James Bond because he could not. And so he talked about how he was uncomfortable because he exposed himself. Because he had to expose himself. So they, like. I thought he was supposed to present a, a, a persona to Mr. Big's crew. Once he got into the country. Once he got in. Because they, I mean, Felix. Because the whole beginning of the book is him going through customs and, like, him talking about how he's uncomfortable because he had to use his passport and they had to know who he was. Because right. the FBI had to come and pick him up from the airport, I guess. And then they take him to the hotel and, and then they're like, you need, here's how to be an American. Like, right. So try to act American. And no one buys it. They, no, no, no. they they ask for the limey the whole time. Well, like, he didn't even he didn't even get a chance to to be because they they tried to blow him up in the hotel almost right away, and then him and Felix went out for dinner at Mister Big's restaurant. Like, even though they specifically said, "Hey, why don't you take a couple days, get yourself used to the town, and then we'll go see what Mister Big's up to." Him and Felix are like, "Hey, let's do it tonight," and they go and get themselves captured right away. Oh yeah, like right away. That seems to be his theme. Like, okay, I'm going to rush into things and get captured, and then figure it out from well, there. Well, and luckily, the bad guys all tell them his, their master plan while he's captured. I know. I had a whole note about how Mr. Big monologued at the end for, like, three pages. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. James Bond, worst spy ever, but luckily he's going up against the worst criminals, criminals ever. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of it's kind of matched. I almost feel like England sends James Bond out to uh, to take care of the shitty criminals, so they can have their real agents dealing with with important things. Yeah, maybe. Now, did you? Uh, speaking of Felix, did you catch the man love there? Like Bond and Felix are a couple. I'm pretty sure they're not a couple. I don't know. They are. They are tight. There was a lot of there was a lot of emotion between those two. No, you didn't catch that at all. No. Oh, well, there, there goes that talking point. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I found, I found them to be very. Well, but apparently the Felix character is in other books yeah, or other he's movies. He's played by some southern guy in the movies. Um, he was in a few of the Pierce Brosnan movies, and he was in a couple of the Sean Connery movies. Because, spoiler alert, he gets his legs blown off in this book. I think just one leg and one arm. I thought it was both legs and an arm. Oh, yeah, he gets he gets pretty badly maimed, although he is still alive. He's still alive. Maybe they'll give him a robot arm. He'll be like Steve Austin. Do you know who Steve Austin is? No. The $6 million man? Oh. We can rebuild him. We can okay. make him better, He's faster, be like stronger Lieutenant than Dan? he was. No, not Luke, Lieutenant Dan. Okay. Like, like, end of movie Lieutenant Dan with the carbon fiber legs. Yeah. Where is it, the wedding? Have you seen anything? Yeah. I don't remember carbon fiber legs. He had the, the he had the fake legs at the end of the movie. Prosthetics, but yeah. not carbon fiber. Well, they weren't the the the, the bendy ones, though. No. The carbon fiber. Yeah, they were prosthetics. Yeah. Well, you, you what do you what do you know? Um, I will say too, and this is something I experienced in the first book and in this book. Ian Fleming writes a good setting. Um, he's mm-hmm. very descriptive, mm-hmm. he's very colorful with his language, well, like not, the, not just in the racism, but... Like the, um, the, the restaurant they were in, the club, the club they were in. Right. Like, I, I, I did, I could really visualize the place. Yeah. He did a good job. Yeah. With describing it. Yeah. And, um, the whole thing, I mean, pretty much the whole second half of the book where they're in the, um, 
they're in the reef and they're mm-hmm. dealing with the reef. He yeah. is very, very descriptive yeah, of the reef. Absolutely. Obviously, he had either done some scuba diving himself or had watched some sort of video of it. But he was, I was, I was very, I was very, despite the belief suspension that it was involved in Bond's shitty spying, Ian Fleming's setting really got me into the book pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I was impressed about. That yeah. Was, that was pretty good. He, he's very descriptive and also with the food. Yeah, which, uh, even though he was very accurate in, or very... Um, descriptive, very specific. Yeah, very specific in how he described the food. Very George R. R. Martin-esque. Uh, he clearly does not have a high opinion of American food. No. Oh, my gosh. It's just like chicken sandwiches. And... He's like, uh, he, yeah, he complained that he couldn't get a good breakfast. Yeah. I guess because there's no baked beans. But... Here's the thing that I noticed is that man that man did not drink one glass of water that I could tell. Oh no. He either no, had we strong know exactly coffee what he ate for those or two a weeks. stiff drink. He had some orange juice. He had time. orange juice at a diner once. Yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it was a lot of alcohol. Yeah. I don't know how <laughs> he didn't get a UTI. <laughs> like, like, yeah, he's yeah. Bond is in a, a perpetual drunken stupor. It's a, you know, maybe that's why he's such a shitty spy. Because he's dehydrated. Yeah, at all times. He's always dehydrated. Always dehydrated. Yeah. And thanks to uh, listening to our Audible, I know how to, know how to pronounce smersh. 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 Yeah. Which is Russian for kill spies or something. They explained that in the first book. Yeah. I thought that the acronym was explained again in this book. Probably. I don't remember. Um, but I, I, and I apologize, sexy shoelaces, what is it? Shameless shoelaces. Shameless shoelaces, if this one isn't more exciting, um, because I actually didn't really like the book. No, you didn't like it? No. Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, we definitely could have, it could have been better. No, you didn't like it at all. I mean, no. Wow. Yeah, that kind of... Well, and plus with the female character, she was useless, except for that she could see the future. Which she never did. She never, like, there was no She never saw scene. anything, she never saw anything specific, but she was like, something's gonna happen. She, yeah, it was, she was pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, even the main character was pretty pathetic. Like, the only reason he survived was pure luck. Because he happened to set that bomb and it happened to go off at the right time. So Although the he did do that, what, one or two weeks of scuba diving training? And... Yeah, and it was almost not completely worthless. Because <laughs> I think he still got bit by a barracuda in the end. Yep, he had a shoulder torn into. Got attacked by an octopus. Hey, man, you gotta watch out, man. Those octopuses, they will they will kick your ass. <laughs> Apparently. Kick your ass. Um, I can say that, yeah, I mean, the book was okay, but it was not one of my favorites. Well, it's only the second one that I've read, so it's not my favorite. I like the first one better. I do. I liked the first one, too, and I didn't know if it was just the novelty of it, like, oh, I'm reading a James Bond book finally, or, or what, but there was something I just liked it better. Yeah, I feel like the story was better in the first one. And James Bond had a little more agency in the first one. In this one, he kind of was carried through by what was going on around him, whereas in Casino Royale, he was really responsible for a lot of it. I mean, plus there was the whole... Hit your hit his balls with the with the carpet beater scene. Yeah, this one I guess had the bending your finger his finger backwards. Oh, that's right, he broke his pinky. Like tee Oh my god, tee Slowly bent that finger backwards <laughs> until it snapped, and then James Bond passed out. Like a pansy. 
Uh, but he didn't scream like a bitch like I would have. Yeah, but you wouldn't have passed out. Alright, you might have passed out. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's pretty... That's pretty badass if he can wait until the finger is completely bent backwards and then it snaps. And he did a lot with that broken finger after that. Yeah, well, I mean, Ian Flynn made he sure to mention... He killed, like, three guys. Well, he had a gun. Oh, no, a fourth guy. He, like, beat that up. He Was it Tee that he beat? I don't remember. I think it was Tee I, I don't remember. I just remember Tee threw Tee's, him down the stairs and beat him to death or something. Tee horrible laugh that made me jump at work. That was, so... And that was kind of fun, like... The names of the other... Oh, the nicknames and the stuff? The gang yeah. members and... Alright, well... Yeah, so we'll call this a short one then. Yeah. Because uh, it was a short book anyways. It so. was a short book. Yeah. Alright, well, um... What do we read next week? We are reading a book by John Scalzi called Lock-In. Lock-In. Now, if you're listening to this and you plan on picking up the book before next week, know that there are two narrators for this book. Um, they are both pretty good, so it doesn't really matter which one you pick. Yeah. Uh, but Will Wheaton is the male narrator. He's probably the more famous of the two. Uh, and it's, uh, he's, his is quite good. Um, so yeah, we are going to read, uh, Lockin, John Scalzi next week. Um, boy, uh, that might be it. So, uh, yeah, visit us online, legendarypants.net, Facebook, Legendary Pants. Uh, we are also available for email if you wish to send us some sort of direct comments. Uh, book club at legendarypants.net. And don't forget, shameless shoelaces, you send us your address, we'll send you a coffee mug. Um, uh, anything else? Nope. Alrighty. Have fun. <laughs>